0: We hear about Jesus' transfiguration, and we know that uh, during the season of Lent, we want to be transfigured. That is to say, we want to be changed radically. And one of the great ways that we can use, one of the great tools that we can use to be changed radically during this season is the sacrament of penance. It is through the sacrament of penance that we experience a lot of change and conversion. Now, maybe you uh, go to confession every week. Maybe you haven't been to confession in 30 years, in 40 years. It doesn't matter. This sacrament is a great experience. Not only do we receive the forgiveness of our sins, uh, do we have the, the blood, the saving blood of Jesus Christ as we think about his suffering and death. Poured out upon us, but we also receive, you know, the banishment of all of our fears and anxieties, the healing of our emotional wounds, the healing of our psychological wounds, spiritual wounds, of course, all these great things. You always leave uh, the sacrament of penance feeling like a new person, because indeed you have been remade. So I want to give you all a tool, or at least remind you, of a tool that you can use. Now. Again, uh, maybe you don't just use this for the sacrament of penance. You can use this throughout your whole life to build your spirituality in your daily prayers at the end of the day when you do your nightly examination of conscience. But it is the prayer, the act of contrition. We should all know the act of contrition. Of course, one of the big reasons that people don't like to come to confession is because they say, I don't remember the act of contrition. Well, guess what? it's on the wall you don't have to remember it but it is a great tool to help us enter into our spirituality especially the spirituality of the sacrament of penance so let's remind ourselves of the act of contrition now of course there's lots of different versions and that's fine but this is the one that's kind of the most uh, current it goes like this oh my god i am sorry for my sins with all my heart in choosing to do wrong and in failing to do good I have sinned against you whom I should love above all things. I firmly intend with your help to do penance, to sin no more, and to avoid whatever leads me to sin. Amen. Now see, I want to bring out of that prayer, which I'm sure you're familiar with, three elements that can really help us think about uh, our, our interior life. So we begin in this prayer by saying, I am sorry for my sins with all my heart with all my heart. Are we really? You know, at least speaking for myself, I know there's lots of times when I go to confession and I say things, you know, I'm like, yeah, I know I should be sorry for that. I guess I'll bring it up in confession, you know, but am I really sorry for it? Am I sorry with all my heart? As we say in the prayer, do I, I recognize that it is the Jesus Christ in his suffering and death has paid the price for my sin. You know that when he suffers there in the garden of Gethsemane and takes upon himself all the sins of the world and experiences so much anxiety that he literally sweats blood. And then of course all the, the passion and suffering that is inflicted upon him as he is crucified and dies. That, that is the price that he paid for my sin. I should be sorry with all my heart. You know the other um, more traditional form of the act of contrition says it this way, that I'm sorry for my sins because I dread the loss of heaven and the pains of hell, but most of all, because they offend thee, my God, right? You've heard those phrases before. So we're humans. We're always going to have mixed motivation. Yeah, we're sorry for our sins because we don't want to go to hell, because we want to go to heaven, but are we really trying to be sorry because we love God? Because we love Jesus Christ, most of all, just as he has loved us. So that's the first thing that stands out to me, that we should be sorry with all our hearts. Then we say, uh, and I think we don't necessarily notice this as much, too. In choosing to do wrong and in failing to do good, so that's sins of commission and omission, we say, I have sinned against you. Now, think about that. Right? I mean, a lot of our sins are actually committed against other people. You did something wrong about, you know, towards your wife, or your husband, or your children, or your neighbor, whoever it is, right? A lot of the sins that we commit are committed against other people, or even just other creatures, creation itself, maybe. But there is no sin that we commit against any created being, which is not at the same time a sin against God, because he is the one who made that creature. Even when it's just a sin against myself, you know, I stayed up too late, I ate too much, you know, whatever it is. Uh, Well, I can't sin against myself without also sinning against God, who gave me all the virtues that I'm supposed to be exercising to not fall into those sins, right? So whenever we sin, we are sinning against God, and that's why Uh, we come to the sacrament of penance and we confess our sins to God because he alone is the one who ultimately can forgive those sins. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, that we don't go also and reconcile with the, the people that we have sinned against. We have to do that too, obviously. But think about, you know, we might have situations in life where we can't reconcile with the people that we have sinned against. Maybe they've moved on or we've moved on. Or maybe that person is deceased well we don't have to live in absolute regret because we know that because god is god he can forgive sin not just against himself but he can forgive even sin against others because they are his creatures so we we have sinned against god we say whom we should love above all things That's the second one. The third thing that stands out in this prayer is, you know, every time we pray the act of contrition, at the end of it, we commit to doing three things. We say, I firmly intend, with your help, to do what? To do these three things. First of all, to do penance. Second, to sin no more. And third, to avoid whatever leads me to sin. Now think about that. First of all, we're saying we're going to do penance. This is, of course, the reason the priest gives you a penance, as uh, where the sacrament gets its name from, right? The sacrament of penance. Penance is a way of bringing goodness into the world, because by sin we have brought evil into the world. Think about it this way: If you invite me over to your house and we have dinner, and all of a sudden I just decide to like knock your plate of food. Off the table onto the floor because you know I'm a pretty evil person like that in my spare time you may not know that but uh, uh, if I do that you know I could suddenly repent and be like oh I'm sorry that I knocked your dinner on the floor and you might be a really gracious person to say oh I forgive you well that's great but what don't you have your dinner right it's on the floor and that is the idea of penance Just as we have brought evil into the world, so for the sake of justice, we need to try to bring goodness into the world, goodness into ourselves, right? Just as we have disordered ourselves by sin, we need to try to reimpose order and virtue and holiness by acts of penance. You know, uh, we still say it today, when you come to confession, although they call the priest who hears your confession your confessor, They don't call you the confessee, right? We call ourselves penitents, penitents, right? Uh, This reminds us of how in the old days, that was actually an entire order within the church. You know, you had like virgins and widows and uh, people in orders, different levels of holy orders. Well, you also had a whole group of people who were penitents. And uh, if you had committed some really significant sin, then you, through a whole year, would go through this process. You'd actually start outside the church. You couldn't come into church on Sundays. You had to stand outside the doors and listen to Mass from outside. Then eventually you could move like into the gathering space area and hear Mass from there. And then eventually you could move into the church, but you had to like kneel down the whole Mass. Talk about some penance there. And then finally, you know, the, the final stage was you'd be back sitting in with the rest of the congregation. That was the, uh, the stages of being a penitent. What that reminds us of is how penance is really about re uh, healing and reuniting us to the body of Christ. Because that's what that, that showed to the people. These people are being brought back in. Just as sin alienates us, kicks us out of the body of Christ, so penance can heal us and bring us back into one. So that is why we commit every time that we uh, pray the act of contrition and every time that we come to the sacrament of penance, we commit to doing penance. The second thing is we say we sin no more. Now of course sometimes people uh, get a little bit confused or have trouble with, the, with this one. They're like, well, how can I say that, Father? because I know I'm going to sin again. you know I'm, I'm human. right Even the Bible, we know, says the just man sins seven times a day. So how can I say I'm not going to sin anymore? Well of course, that's not what we're trying to say. We know that we will sin again. But what we're saying in the act of contrition is, I commit myself at this moment not to sin again. I exercise my will. I make that choice, and in that sense, I'm conditioning my will. I'm strengthening my will to resist sin, right? And not, and not just in the moment here, of course, like in the in the sacrament or in the confessional, right? It means when I go home, I'm going to make some changes. I'm not just going to do the same things again and again and again. I'm going to do something different with my cell phone so I'm not, you know, playing around on it when I shouldn't be. I'm going to do something different with my food, you know, make a chart about uh, how many calories I'm going to eat or whatever, you know, I'm going to to commit myself to prayer right now, schedule it on my calendar or set myself an alarm, right? So when I get home, I'm going to make some real changes because I have committed myself to not sin again. So that's what that means. I'm I'm exercising my will, choosing in this moment not to sin again. And then the third thing that we commit to is to avoid whatever leads me to sin. Or as we say, another way of saying that is uh, to avoid the near occasions, we say, the near occasions of sin. And that just means not only am I committing to avoid sin here in this moment but I'm going to avoid it in the future, right? I'm going to commit now while my head is clear, while I'm not involved in temptation to doing things to prevent myself getting in that situation. When is it easier to avoid the temptation to drink too much alcohol? When I'm like looking at the six pack in my fridge or when I went shopping earlier that week, right? When is it easier to uh, properly discipline my children when they're in the middle of acting out and driving me crazy? Or, you know, earlier in the week when we sat down and said, now, here are the rules and here are the consequences, right? We already have it laid out before it gets emotional. So that's the idea. We want to make plans, real plans, about how we're going to avoid sin in the future. And so you see that these three things that we are firmly intending to do what are they about they're about the past the present and the future see we do penance for our past sins we now in the moment commit to uh, sinning no more and then we plan for the future to avoid uh, what will lead us into temptation or sin so that's what we're committing to every time that we pray the act of contrition So let us use this great tool, the act of contrition, whether it be in the sacrament of penance or whether it be in our daily prayer life, as a way to be transfigured. So that just as Jesus is transfigured, our lives may be transfigured by being united to his.